Now you the catch my shot. For your sake, I go go touch. We go drive around if I'm my Porsche. Baby, Pana, they say he like you all. I get you all. Baby, Pana, anywhere that you go, I go follow you to go. Baby, Pana, they say he like cassava. I get the big cassava. Baby, Pana, my love for you. You never die, you never die. Uh, iba iba, oh baby, iba iba. Baby, you too sweet, you forever. Uh, baby, dance it to the lagwaja. Mm, I can take you to Fagwalada. Iba iba, oh baby, iba iba. Baby, you too sweet, you forever. Uh, baby, dance it to the lagwaja. Oh, I can take you to Fagwalada. So love is a beautiful thing. Can you the cool my temper? Love is a wonderful tender feeling.
Mai kaleni, mashbukeni. Actually, Dr. Patrick, good morning is mashbukeni, mashbukeni. Oh, mashbukeni. Yeah, I'm quiet. Yes. What what yeah. does uh, when when does my calendar apply? Well, it, was, it, may be, it may be right. It may be right. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, it could yeah. be right. It, it, it's just a general greeting. My calendar is just a yeah, general greeting. Yeah, you can yes, so. Yeah. Because you are but basically you saying be like, how, how are you doing, right? Yeah, if it is in the morning, um, meaning. How was how was your night? That, that's good morning. Uh-huh. Yeah. Ah, uh-huh. exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. You, you, you exactly. have to up your. You have to up your. You know, you know what I've been talking about. You have to up it yes. up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, my friend. How's Canada today? Canada is uh, nice. Um, all mm-hmm. the bad weather has gone eastwards. So where I am here, I'm just uh, laughing at Mutsawa and Dr. Gajira. Uh, I'm just, oh, uh-huh. it's all smiles. Yeah, it's all smiles oh, okay. on my part. Yeah. All but right. things can That's change good. anytime. That's good. I'll introduce my panelists and guests in courts and courts as we begin. Noah, Indiana, how are things going there? Yeah, Indiana is off to a good start. I think we are somewhere in the 40s, which is... We had some snow this past week, so at least the snow has cleared mm. up. But so far, okay. it's a little bit warm. Mm-hmm. Okay, excellent, excellent. That's good. That's very good. And we are privileged again to have Ms. Sherry Tomlin join us this morning. She was our guest last weekend. Uh, she is the author of The African Bodyguard. If you haven't got your copy, you better buy that copy. Hi, Ms. Sherry. Good morning, Nathan. How are you doing today? How is 37 degrees treating you? (laughs) Well, I'm, you know, I'm a bit happy about it. Last week was winter, and this week coming will be spring. And before you know it, Texas will be back to summer again. (laughs) That's right. It's summer and winter. eh? There's no telling how things go here. I know things are going. All right, and then also uh, our regular, one of our regular guests, contributor here, a young man, vibrant, and he's just doing some dynamic things, dynamic things. We had a great time hanging out at the conference, uh, Dr. Patrick. Yona, good morning. Uh, hey, good morning, boss. How you doing? Doing good, doing good. I understand you're in Miami, right? Yes, I had to get away from the Texas weather. It's cold. <laughs> you can't run away. You you can't run away. <laughs> now, Munji is supposed to be joining us here because I want to get, uh, we need to get into this and sort of just uh, break it down. The theme of the conference, uh, those who can remember our discussion last week, was African, uh, introducing the Africa continental free trade area because what happened is that I believe the African Union um, met and uh, had several meetings where they came up with an initiative to create one of the largest free trade areas in the world by bringing the 
the Afri by bringing the African markets, the African economies, the African uh, countries to one state as one economic block, the whole continent. Okay. I think they are they are trying to get to a point like the way the European Union operates in some sense, uh, eliminate uh, visas. I've always never understood, Roger, why I need to get a visa to go to Ghana, to go to, you know, all those places and things like that. Don't so, mention Ghana. Mention Congo, uh, Nathan. <laughs> don't start me. Don't start me. Why do I need a visa to go to Congo? Congo, of all why do I need? Yeah, Zambia. It's very true. And, and you see, people do not realize uh, how inhibiting these things can be, okay? They sound, we can talk about them as we are talking right now. But, uh, I mean, Yon and Michelle here will tell you who attended this event, some of the things that were brought out. Oh, my goodness. I mean, uh, when it, oh, let me not even start. Okay. The event started on Friday, and uh, Michelle attended Friday. Um, Namunji attended Friday as well. She she's not here yet, but she will join us. This this is the way I want us to break this thing down, Yona and uh, Miss Sherry. Uh, of course, everybody you will get involved here at some point. Uh, I want us to break it down uh, to first of all the things that stood out to you, what you grasped from this, uh, the things that were were tackled, addressed, and things like that. And one of the things I want you to point out is the the convention or the event stick with the theme, that the reason the people came together. And then we, we, we shall go on to that and also talk about uh, Ambassador uh, Arikana and the way she steered up the event. Okay, Michelle, you attended Friday, the opening day, and how things started. Um, w from whichever angle you want to come from, just give a synopsis of what happened on Friday. Sure. Well, thanks for inviting me again, Nathan. It's truly an honor to be here again with your listening audience. And Dr. Arakana Chiambori Kwa is a very eloquent speaker. She's approachable. She's genuine and authentic. When she speaks, everyone listens. She just has that quality that engages us and gains our trust. So she began on Friday uh, by addressing the fact that, you know, the economy in Africa has been impacted by the devastating uh, legacy of uh, slavery and colonization. So um, basically, you know, we can recover from this thing uh -huh. because China did it. China was in this position a few years ago. So this African continental free trade uh, agreement uh, is set to, you know, ex open borders, uh, hopefully mm. have one currency, expand trade. All of those things are now uh, in place. But a Frankston Bank, if I'm saying it correctly, is another, uh, another reason for us to uh, – begin to invest and mm. these are strategies she has a winning strategy to you know get things on the right track and it's happening I, I really see it happening 
One of the things that she keeps beating me, Sherry, and highlighting is that people do not understand uh, when you talk about colonization, even go back as far back as slavery, people do not understand uh, the message Dr. Rikana is trying to beat down for people to understand that the former colonialists still have that strong hand on the continent. Could you speak to that? Yes, sir. Well, the main culprit is France. There's others. However, uh, France and a lot of people with master's degree, lawyers and professionals, wasn't even aware of this happening. And what Dr. Uh-huh. Arikana Chambori Cross said was the United Nations sits there and allows it. You know, so now she's exposing this uh, tragedy where, you know, France has a pact with certain Francophone countries that says, you know, there will be a continuation of uh, colonization and these sort of things. They're bullying these countries mm. these are the th- and they have assassinated their leaders in the past so uh they're going along with it and france is getting billions of dollars every year they invest that in their stock market make trillions off of it and when these countries come in to say we need help you know for our people could we get some of our own money they say well sure you can get a percentage however you have to pay interest on it so yeah. uh it's it's unconscionable what France has been doing, and uh, Dr. Claw is now, you know, uh, letting everyone know. And thanks to social media, you know, her message mm-hmm, is resonating, mm-hmm. and, you know, everyone's aware now. We can't say we didn't know because we weren't taught in our history books or whatever the case is. You know, we are, everyone's on board now, and we are listening. Yeah, it's very true. Now, when we get to this point, <laughs> you didn't need to be at the conference to to comment on this. Uh, uh, what amazes me, like you have highlighted me, Sherry, to say uh, the, the, the educated, the professionals, technocrats, this, this thing has been going on for uh, I don't know how many years the African countries. Uh, there are very few African countries that have been independent for more than 100 years. Uh, of course, except I think for Ethiopia, which was never colonized and things like that. But let me bring in my, I'm going to throw this to everybody here. I mean, this thing, Dr. Patrick Roger, um, one of the themes, I'm looking at the program here, Sherry and uh, Yona, uh, on Friday, one of the themes or the sessions, Dr. Patrick and Roger, I want you to comment on this thing about France keeping getting away with this, was the waking the giant. I mean, Roger, we've addressed these things on this forum many times. The population of Africa, okay? It's about a billion, right? The, the population of Africa, it's about a billion. If you look at that 1. market, 2, 1. 1.2 billion. 1. 2 billion, okay? 1.2 yeah. How can honestly 1.2 billion Dr. Patrick fail to do things together and create a market that is viable amongst themselves without even really going to the ocean, whether you want to go towards the Atlantic or the Indian Ocean? Um, I don't know what I'm saying. I, you know, I know you're getting my point. I, I want you to chime in here, uh, either Roger or Dr. Patrick. Well, in uh, one of your clips, um, you, she says, uh, why have we remained uh, this uh, 
dam. Okay, she was talking about the diaspora, diaspora there. Mm-hmm. Um, all these small, small kingdoms we have in Africa, all these small, small powers, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not sure what they are trying to to protect. Uh, we've talked about it, like you have rightly said, uh, how many hours do I have uh, somebody to spend uh, at the border of Tanzania and Zambia just to clear a bag of rice coming from Tanzania. Uh, if you go to uh, Zambia-Congo border, you, you mm-hmm. might think you are approaching the war zone. The amount of police, <laughs> the amount of you, you know security which is uh, which is there. That and just becomes to, intimidating in itself, right? And yet, just that scenario. Is that easy for me to get to the United States? Something which is 17 hours away from my place compared to something mm. which is only two hours, or is it one hour between Zambia and Congo? So we've created all these um, uh, roadblocks, if you want to call mm-hmm. them, uh, amongst ourselves. Very difficult, you, you know. Every little country wants to protect because they know once we begin to come together, we speak uh, with one voice. All these little kingdoms um, we have, then their days are, are, are numbered. When we start to speak as once, you mm. start to look at us like the United States, to have one voice. Mm. A small dictator will be thrown away. A big dictator will be thrown away. They know that. And we, the people ourselves, uh, I, I think we are not doing enough. I like the way the train is moving, slowly, mm-hmm. uh, but we are getting there. We, we are getting there. Like she yeah. says, the exim, is it a Frexim bank? Yes. When we start to speak, Nathan, we've talked about this on the radio, we want to start to speak with our money. Dr. Patrick always tells us, follow the money. Mm-hmm. Then the power will start following us. But for now, yes, awareness is going through. We need to go to our wallet. Our wallet needs to get involved. Once our wallet yeah, gets involved, yeah. you'll see how things will start moving. It's true. And, Dr. Patrick, before you jump in, Ms. Sherry, this point that Roger's uh, highlighted about uh, putting the money in this African bank, how many mm-hmm. times was this, was this emphasized at, uh, at the event? Because, you see, we were taught and made to understand that we don't even realize by putting money in these big foreign other banks, I don't want to mention names here, that we are pushing, and it's not just a matter of putting money there, you're also pushing a certain agenda when you do that. Speak to the point we were encouraged about putting money in these, in these African banks, Michelle. Right. This is how we can invest as you know, uh, people in the diaspora and on the continent mm. globally. And a Frexen Bank is actually uh, the preferred bank of a lot of billionaires. They're leaving their, you know, usual uh, banking places and investing mm-hmm. in a Frexen Bank because they're getting better returns on their investment. And so this is enough for anyone with any, you know, um, any any sense to say, you know, this will work for me just that alone. But on top of that, our investments can be used. Let's say uh, we invest, you know, $20 million uh, here in the diaspora. Uh, we can get a bond for, 
you know, billions of dollars and uh, build exactly. Africa, right, mm-hmm. and, you know, start uh, projects and be- get better health care and, you know, work. So work for people who, because there is a brain drain, and we talked about it last week. A lot of us might not go back, but we can invest. Uh, a lot of us may return, hopefully, and, you know, do a lot of the contracts and the work that can be paid for through our investments collectively. And this is what China did. Mm, excellent. Dr. Park, did you want to come in? Yes, yes. I'm thinking, I'm thinking along the lines of what happened in the past, how the past was updated, and mm-hmm. the situation of the past and the present congealing to bring us into the future. As, as we all know, that control within the country uh, by European nations was called colonialism. But when nationalism was brought to each African country, slowly but surely, it began to become known as control from afar, meaning that the European countries continued to control the finances of African countries, and that was called neocolonialism. And then what never left, whether it's control from within or what what's controlled from afar is the control of money, global finances, uh, who's in control of the dollar and who's in control of the franc, and recently who's in control of the euro. I'll give you a quick example. There was a, at one time there was a, a financial conflict, uh, not only financial, but there were also political interests that were involved between the discussions between the United States and Angola. And as yes. a result of that, you, you, if you had a, well, you travel to Angola and you have a credit card, you were not able to purchase anything with your credit card because the finances was involved in the negotiations. So you would either have to pay it in paper money wow. or you'd have to convert it to uh, Angolan currencies, quote-unquote. So uh-huh. finances, uh, t- control of money is very important. And that brings me directly to the new banks, whether it's the bank that we're going to talk about today, the new concept bank, or the Hebrew uh-huh. bank that we've um, discussed in the past. Yes. We, we have to look at those banks and we have to look at the new approaches and see who the underlining uh, controlling factor is. If, if, if you have a bank, a new bank, it's, it's um. wise to engage yourself in a little research as to who is the ultimate um, banking concern. And once you find that out, you realize that it's more of the same and if it is more of the same, then you have to conduct yourself in a manner in which you want to invest in more of the same or you want to find a different outlet, meaning a, a community, community type of um, uh, credit union or um, a diaspora credit union in order to finance that way. Another one more point is 
the best way you can find out if the banks are of your interest or for you is to find out how many branches they're going to open up in the in the um the districts and provinces. Because you know many of our um diaspora and many of our district profiles covered did not have a suitable amount of banks or branches Banking in that system. district or community. So if you don't have that or if you don't have a new bank development that's interested in putting in branches in the districts, it's not going to benefit us and it's not going to benefit the people. So we have to look more closely at the banks and see who it who it will uh be beneficial to. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And Let's move on here to something, and and this is very important. We've already said this many times on this forum over the past years that, like Roger said, follow the money, whoever controls the money, whoever has the God, all those expressions, we know them. So everybody listening, it's important for us to revisit. Yeah, even at a personal level. You wanted to come in... Yeah, before you switch to the other uh, topic, I just wanted to uh-huh. chip in a little bit on the, Go ahead, I think uh, the question. The, no. Yeah, the question was, uh, why is it that the population of Africa, I think it's cost a billion or maybe more than that. And yeah, 1.2. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we still struggle. So my response to that, I think part of the... The, the responses or answers that have been given so far that are what I would consider secondary phase of addressing the African challenges. The primary yes. phase that we have to look at as African people is it's not the numbers that count. For instance, when you look at colonialism in, of course, Southern African countries, mostly the British, the British did not have to outnumber the Africans. That's point number one. So the British had to use the local people to help enforce the British rule. So when you look at all the colonial countries in like the which were colonized by the British, the British did not have to send numbers to outnumber the Africans. No. So it's not the numbers that count. We, we may have over 1.5 billion people in Africa. The problem that we have as African people is our culture. We have to understand that just like, I mean, when we look at people who were brought to this land, I mean, this, the, the United States, they were brought for the purpose and benefit for the Europeans. It was never the intention at any time by any white, uh, I mean, the, the white people, the Europeans at the time, to foresee a situation where black people will amount to anything. This is why I think in the Constitution it even refers to three-fourths or three-fifths, I don't know exactly, but... That was never the intention. So in the process of time, things turned out that black people assumed certain responsibilities. But point number two is the more things change, the more they remain the same. So black people, we, we are in this position we are in as a people. Number one is we have to address our culture. And a culture, it is through being critical of our culture that we can advance as a people. A culture is a set of values to meet needs and to solve problems confronting a people. 
So you evaluate a culture by looking at, does it meet our needs? Obviously, most of the, what we strive for as African people, especially being in the abroad, we want to identify as much as possible with the white people or with the Europeans. So we live in European neighborhoods. We don't want to mix with our own people. That is an element of inferiority that exists in our people and that it can only be confronted by changing our culture. When we say Europeans have distorted our world, we are saying they have distorted our way of perceiving, our way of evaluating, our way of, the, our way of attending to the world, our modes of classifying, our modes of understanding the world. So as African people, we understand the world differently. I'll give an example. When I was in my graduate school, I wrote a paper. I did not cite any references. The reason why I spoke to my professor at the time, how can you write... How can you write a paper without citing any sources? I was trying to make a point. So we are sort of caught up in what is the standard or the yardstick by the Europeans that we have not come up with our own system. We want to argue about democracy. We want to argue about uh, which party is this and this. No, no. We are caught up in something that we have no business even discussing. We as African people, what we have to understand is to create our own system, our own values, our own way of perceiving, our own way of understanding the world. Because when the Europeans, by the way, it's only less than 10% of the Europeans in this world. 90% of the world is non-European. But Mm. the Europeans, to this day, they control the world. We may have black people in a strategic position, but they work in servitude of the European agenda. So when we talk about the, I mean, the secondary avenues of reorganizing our world, I think we have to focus on what is our culture. Our culture, like I've defined it, is coming up with our own set of values, and we strive to maintain mm. that. The other thing that I just wanted to, I, I, I mean, I know I can talk for, for days on this one, but I'll just okay. try to yeah, because summarize as much as possible. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm. So the, the other thing is when we discuss about the younger generation, it goes back to what culture are they following? Because if we want to throw our kids to the Beyonce's of this world and send our kids to this other culture, we, how can you control your kids when you're giving them to, your, to the other people? We as a people, we have to, first of all, get to the bottom line. Like, uh, of course, I, I appreciate very much the the professor, I mean, the, the lady doctor from the African Union. She goes around, of course, explaining the problem. Now that the problem is known, we have to, as a people, uh, come up with our own set of values that we are going to strive for. Anyway, I, I, I know in the interest of time, I'll chip in later on, but I just wanted to make sure that we are focusing on the secondary issues instead of the primary issues. Okay, in that vein, this is a good place to bring in Yona. 
Yona, before it's, it, this is all embedded in our discussion about uh, the conference that we attended. But before you share your experience at the conference, Yona, I would like you to respond to this, uh, to what Noah said about the culture. I don't know what your response would be to this, Yona. Hello, Yona. I hope he's... Okay, I'm here. I had my phone muted. I'm sorry. All uh, right. Yeah. What do you mean by... Uh, can you ask the question one more time about culture? I don't, I don't know how. Yeah, to what he, what he was to, he, okay. Noah here argues that number one, our problem is not numbers. We had a few number of British. Not that. I want you to respond to this question of culture and the trust, and you being a younger person than most of the people listening or participating here. How does this culture thing come out to you? I just want you to respond based on what you heard him say. Um, culture, you know, it plays a big part in society because I guess as the younger generation, we want to be a part of something that makes us feel um, important or, you know, acknowledgeable by our peers. And I guess with us being African, we're trying to be we don't really have that. You know, we're trying to be like everybody else, uh, whether it's trying to be like you know, Black Americans, Europeans. We're mm. scattered. You know, we don't have our own. Like kids, you know, African kids, they don't really look up to any big African leaders. You know, they look up to all these, you know, rappers sagging and yeah, doing all yeah. of this different uh-huh. stuff. And um, if we come up with, you know, a culture that kids love, to you know, look up to it, everything starts with the kids. It all just trickles, trickles down the line. If that makes sense. Why do you think there is that gap, Yona, where you say the the African kids growing up in this diaspora, if I may use that word, do not have African leaders to look up to? Uh, it's mainly because uh, right now, I would say with technology advancing it's technology um everybody it's like you know when we get on social media uh everything mm-hmm. you know points out to the different cultures around the world i don't i, I rarely see stuff about africa and when i do okay. you know, I have to go search for it and you know the videos are always good or you know the social media pages are always good but we don't really have that strong anchor to where big kids could actually learn about Africa. I could find anything I can about European countries, America, China, and all of these, but when it comes to Africa, the information mm-hmm. is very limited. And the fact that we don't know anything, especially me growing up, I don't know a lot about my culture. I'd love to learn more. And then I know a lot of kids, African kids in America. We don't have like a strong anchor of social media, and that's something that's very missing. Because, you know, it's the future, everything is growing, and just technology access in Africa is very limited. And I feel like that conference mm-hmm. where they were talking about getting more involved into uh, centralizing social media, uh, I really like that because that's a very good start. So in other words, what you're trying to say is that African, if we may use that word, African presence on social media is still way down below there. This is where I'm going to play. Uh, my interview with her because at the conference there was 
an opportunity for members of the press to have this interaction with her. And she said some certain things <laughs> which are just mind-boggling. And let's listen to this clip. Take no it's just two minutes. Take notes and I would I would like everybody I would like a response first of all from you, Yona, on what she's saying. And then Michelle everybody let's just listen to this. It's an honor to be here. Nathan Inkama, Zambia Block Talk Radio. Oh, yes. Excellent. My question is let me pick on one thing my brother mentioned here. Whispers from my father. Yes. Do you plan on writing a book or putting something in writing about that? I may do that. I may do that. Because really, um, it's an amazing story. Yes. And singularly, uh, what I grew up hearing is what really drives me. Mm. And, and like I said, he continuously is whispering to me. Absolutely. We can tell that by the passion and the steering that you are doing. My questions are personally personal to you. They're, we'll discuss policy issues later when we have you on the radio show. My next question is, what next after AU, your time at the AU? Uh, my colleagues, we feel, most of us feel you'll be more effective as a private citizen. Absolutely. And we are now considering you as ambassador for the diaspora. How do you respond to that? I say amen to that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think we, it is an error for us to come together and speak with one voice. It is an error for us to say no more shall we continue to be colonized. Mm. No more shall we continue to suffer from the legacy of slavery. It is time for unity. We must take a page out of what the Chinese diaspora are doing in this country. The Indian diaspora, the Irish diaspora, the Jewish diaspora. We are the only diaspora that are still divided. We are the only diaspora who remain stupid and dumb and continue to do some of the most stupid things that we need to stop. This is time for unity. It is time for us to take our Africa back. So I am on a mission and I am going to continue and listen to the whispers from my father. We shall unite and we the diaspora are going home to join our brothers and sisters on the continent to build the Africa that we want. The only way we can accomplish that is for complete total financial liberation and I am asking all the diaspora to continue to rally behind the only Pan-African Bank we have standing and that is African Bank. Let's pull all our resources together and let's deposit them with America, with African Bank. A well-capitalized African Bank becomes the firewall and the entity that gives us the economic liberation that Africa and her children in the continent and around the globe deserve. Thank you so much. You. Excellent. This is Nathan Inkama reporting from the African Diaspora. Okay. Um, she says, Yona, based on what you said about lack of information on the, what do you call it, online or on social media, she uses a phrase here, what I grew up hearing from my father is what drives me. Now, I want, you see, that stood out to me, Dr. Patrick and everybody listening, and that's why I asked her the question, why don't you put this in print or in writing? So, Yona, can you speak to that? Because I don't know what you grew up hearing. All of us grew up hearing certain things from our parents. So, how do you draw that line or that comparison, <clears throat> that contrast, that parallel? Yona, this woman is driven by what she grew up hearing. And this is an era of technology and social media. 
Um, I would say, I guess I'll use myself as an example. Um, mm-hmm. I grew up, you know, whenever I moved to Zambia, I was like, I mean, when I moved to America, I was like four years old. And, yes, um, you know, I grew up hearing, you know, just bad things about Africa. You know, uh, it's not a good place to live. Uh, it's not beautiful. Um, you know, it's disease. Of course, you know, it's disease, but it's not as bad as they make it. And just growing up, I I never really had interest in Africa because I used to just hear bad rumors about it. And then now I'm getting older, I'm doing more research about Africa. I'm starting to learn that this is the place mm-hmm. I'd rather be than be here in America. And uh, like she was saying, the things you hear up growing, I mean, the things you listen to growing up, it really takes a toll on what you're going to do in the future because if you're speaking life into a kid, you know, plans, mm-hmm. goals, how you're going to attack these goals. You know, these kids grow up to be, you know, fine young men and women that actually, that are driven to do something. But, you know, if you're feeding them garbage, just letting them do whatever they want to do, then they're just going to be like, just not even less than average. You know, the things, the thing, the way you bring up a child, the way the things you teach them, they definitely mm-hmm. play a big role. Miss Sherry, you, you've heard what Yona said here. Dr. Arikana in my interview says she was driven by what her father was telling her. Yona says he kept hearing negative things about Africa. How do we, we how do we change that narrative? Well, let me first start by saying my family right now they're not talking to me because I went to Africa and I'm a grown woman. I went to Africa uh-huh. this past summer. I was in Senegal. I didn't tell them I was leaving. And when I got back, they did not talk to me because they said I went somewhere where people are eating monkeys and they, you know, they're going to do something to me. And when I was in Africa, people were fishing. We were eating fruits and vegetables, just having a good time. And there was none of that. And, you know, there's dangerous places right here in Dallas. And I don't go to Dallas a lot because of that. So no matter Mm. where you are in the world, there are places you might want to avoid. And uh, this is what the mentality that my family has, okay? So uh, her bottom line is unity. Doctor, her message is unity. And yes. when we do that, we can, we can negotiate as one people with those, you know, other superpowers because we're actually a superpower, probably the, the, the biggest, you know, on the planet. Yeah. If we were yeah. to come mm-hmm. together, yeah, we can change a whole lot. Her uh, other... Uh, issue is the fact that we don't have a lot of things in place. Number one, we have to start trusting each other more, mm-hmm. and we don't have certain. She has some solutions, of course, but there's certain things we need to put in place, like our own airline, shipping vessels, because she said trade is going to increase, and we don't have any merchant vessels that we can say is yeah. African owned. Or yeah, and then of course last week I told you about the textbook that uh, yes. we're still using from. By, you know, that was given to us from the colonizers, and we know the truth. Why are we still doing these things? You know, exactly, so, I mean, and that's one of the I, I and that's one of the said. things, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and that's one I of the things that said. was this addressed that uh-huh. mm. Yeah, that's one of the things that was addressed because, <laughs> yeah, go ahead, insanity of the highest order, and everybody. That's one of the. We, I don't even have the time to go into education. One of the things that was addressed at this conference was we need to revisit our school curriculum. Uh, Namunji, 
I know you are on the road, but you've listened to that clip by Dr. Arikana. She makes a comparison with the Jewish Indian Chinese diaspora, and she says the African diaspora is the most divided. We do the most stupid things. We do the most dumb things. It takes a lot of courage for somebody to make a statement like that. I want you to comment or respond to that, what she said. Hi, good morning. Good morning, Panathan. Good morning, everybody. Yes, I listened to that clip. Oh, my goodness, it's so, so interesting. Um, like you said, I don't even have time to go through everything. But just to add what uh, Sherry said and what Yona said on mm -hmm. Sherry and to add up on Sherry and what the doctor said, how divided we are, the African diaspora. It's very true. And if I remember when we had the panel, the panel of the millennium, well, mm -hmm. one of the millennium said it, it starts on an individual level, you know, because sometimes we wait for somebody to start or to come as a group. I, me as Namunji on my own, I have to take responsibility to take part. I don't care whether I'm not supported or not, but it has to start from somewhere. It's true, we are very divided. We are not very supportive of each other compared to Asians and Indians. If you know, I don't know whether you know this, what Indians do, like when you come, uh, they even help each other, like to buy you a house. They put money mm -hmm. together, they loan you, then you pay it gradually. That's how they support each other, but we are lacking that in our own community. Even like she mentioned about the bank. Mm -hmm. After the conference, I had to open an account with that African bank because it doesn't make sense for me to keep sending money using Western Union if I can do it with an African bank. That man goes mm -hmm. in an African community, be it back home, be it here. Because, and we just have this stereotype to trust the colonial master's facilities or technology or system than our own system. But it has to start from somewhere. I have to, to make a move. I have to make a step. I don't have to wait for Nathan to do a stop to join you or to wait, to wait for Roger, you know. Also, actually, this conference reminded me of our Zambia Block Talk Radio conference, especially when Sanjay came in mind when it comes to youth. Because I know Ramsanje is rooting for us to start engaging the youth like what you and I was saying. That's true. That was one mm -hmm. of the sole purpose of this diaspora conference because I could see they even involved the youth in a way where we had the panelists of the millennium to hear from them. Yes. There was that who outspoken. I loved her. That's a Jamaican girl. Like, yeah, I talk. I'm going to talk my mind. You may say I'm disrespectful, <laughs> but sometimes that's how I am. I don't mean to disrespect anything because the millenniums, they have so much energy. They're, like Yona said, they Google, they look up stuff. You can't lie to them. They look up stuff for them, but they need support from that African culture, which is lacking. And mm -hmm. it starts with you parents who have children in this diaspora. What are you doing in your own house for that time? To make sure That's Natasha... True. Yeah, to make sure Natasha and the other little girl, they are not losing that roots of Zambia. To be just... I know it's boring. Sometimes we just put something on online about Zambia, even the, like about the uh, Harimanga or about these old uh, old people who made an impact in Zambia. You ask them, what do you understand about this? Have you ever, Natasha, tried to look up? It starts with you parents. We cannot blame the community, the African community, if you are not doing your part as a parent. To remind them where they come from. To be teaching them to be telling that's how they are going to get interest like yona was saying there's no we don't we don't have a reason for yona to complain that 
there's no information out there when the mother is Zambia. <laughs> when she has sisters, she has aunties, she has cousins, she has uncles who can guide him. He has uncles, he has cousins who can guide him and tell him the information from home. So it should start from home. But it was a very interesting conference. Yes, it was. I am working on uh, having um, uh, that uh, gentleman who was there from, we had a representative, Roger, Dr. Patrick and everybody, from the Association of African Universities. And he gave yes. out an analysis about our education system. I was saying, when I listened to the gentleman talk, Dr. Patrick, I said to myself, oh my goodness, there's a lot of toxic information I've been given over, over decades of years and which is wrong and misinformed. We we'll also try to bring an official from the bank here. Uh, before we conclude, Namunji, uh, I'm going to mute you just to, just to get rid of the noise in your background. Yona, uh, okay, before we go away, before we end this, I want you to give your personal experience of, of, of this event because I want, I want specifically Dr. Patrick to hear what you said to me personally. Tell us about your personal experience about this event. Man, it was, it gave me a lot of hope because mm. um, I, like, I'm very, you know, like I said, I grew up disattached from Africa because I was told all these different lies. And now that I'm learning more about it, I'm so interested in sort of investing in Africa. So, uh, for years now, I've always had plans to, you know, start my own bank. Uh, go to Africa and, you know, start something and, you know, help build the economy. And then, you know, I go to this conference and it's like everything I already want to do. And now it's like, mm -hmm. I really want to get involved because this is something that Africa needs. And if we could actually put this infrastructure in place, like there's nothing that could stop us from succeeding. And like me being young, it just gives me a lot of energy. Like, I really want to, help anywhere I can, whether it's like, you know, databases, uh, I have very knowledge. I, I understand the internet, you know, I have a company designed around the internet and mm -hmm. I'm very confident that I could help with, you know, just anything. And I love this idea. Um, I know I can get a lot of people on board and if anyone mm -hmm. is listening, um, you can, if you want to reach out to me and help start something, uh, my Instagram, Twitter, Facebook is King Lukachi. Uh, K-I-N-G-L-U-K-A-C-H-I just find me and send me a message and, but this is this is mind blowing like this is definitely the right path like I said I wanted to do this myself but now I ha mm. actually have people backing like a dream of mine so I'm, I'm all in 100% you see, one thing I observed when we were there, Yona, you were not in your small little corner. You were not reserved. You were not indifferent. You were engaging and reaching out to people. I mean, those were strangers. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're strangers, but at the end of the day, we come from one place, you know. Uh, you know, the Bible says, you know, these are your brothers and sisters. So mm. if we could come together and make something of ourselves, then um, we need to do it. And that's, <laughs> and I don't mind supporting me, me, and meeting new people. <laughs> Miss Sherry, he, he is a young yes, person sir. who says it gives him hope. I mean, it gives him hope. How how significant is that statement, Miss Miss Sherry? Yeah, that's major because uh, now you know this can. Uh, 
pretty much be infused into mm-hmm. the younger generation, starting with those who, you know, have the capability to, uh, to you know, get the message out. And, you know, we just thank God for him. Uh, basically, right. Another, right, another point is there will be a meeting in Houston next month uh, regarding the investments that we can make with a Frank, a Frickson Bank, and they'll be there as well. Uh, I've, I'm a deputy That's chair December for, 18, right? Is that yes, December 18? Yes. Okay. Yes, yeah. sir. And I'm also a deputy chair of the National Association of Hebrews here in the, you know, Collin County area of Dallas. And so you, if anyone is interested in uh, contacting me, they can reach me on info at sherrytomlin.com or info at naheb.org if they're interested in joining a Hebrew credit union that we're going to open in March. Also, a lot of what yeah. Dr. Claus says is in my book, The African Bodyguard. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Please get a copy of the book, Sherry Tomlin, uh, dot com. It's available there. Let's do it on the website oh, yeah, rather on Amazon. Uh, no, I was just saying, uh, I told her I was going to buy that book. I totally forgot to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And Yona and Michelle <laughs> met at the conference, and Yona said the, a lot of networking going there. As we close here, Dr. Patrick, he is a young man who says he sees hope because somebody took a step and said, here is money, send a young person to the conference. He comes back and he says, there is hope. There is hope, Dr. Patrick. There is hope. It's outstanding, outstanding. And Yona, don't don't worry about um, buying the book. I'm going to buy the book from you, uh, Sherry. I'm I'm going to contact you. I know I owe you a call, but in I'm waiting. In I'm to, waiting. <laughs> in addition to um, our discussion, put on a tab for me because I'm going to send Yona a book. I purchased the book already. But um, we want to uh, buy a book for Yona. So we're going to send that to you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, what a blessing. Thank uh, you so much. Uh, an- and, another you know, thing beware, is, beware. Every man that reads that book wants to be the African bodyguard. So that's the effect that has on men. Uh-oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of things, which is um, – uh, there, there were three things I, I mentioned last, I think it was the last program, the program before that, is uh-huh. there are things that we should always take into consideration. Uh, the first thing is race. The second thing is literature. And the third thing is the writing of history. And uh-huh. basically, race has been defined by people other than us. Uh, they, it's, it's very disunifying when we talk about race. You know, yeah, you're a member of this tribe or you're a member of that tribe. But that's not us talking about it. It's the European colonial, neo-colonial uh, group of people. So we have to define our own quote-unquote race. Literature, is, Jonah mentioned, which is quite true, Jonah mentioned that he couldn't find a lot of information about Africa, African Americans in the diaspora. Uh, that that literature is a plethora with European history and how European Europe impacted us. And the mm-hmm. third thing is what we need to do. So 
Uh, Mich- Sherry already has begun that path, begun to take that path. But what I want is, Yona, when you can, uh, write an essay. And the essay, I'm just saying it is the miseducation of an African U.S. citizen. You know, the experiences as a youth that that you um, you can't encountered growing up. You had mentioned that it was it was strange. You, you had to search all over for information. And you had to develop your own self awareness. But if you can uh-huh. write an essay about that. Uh, that's going to go a long way to help our young brothers and sisters. Also, the sister I I had written her name down, but I I misplaced it. But the sister who went to Senegal and came back and her family didn't want to talk to her, have her, or I I asked her to write an essay (laughs) about, uh, you can call it... um, a disowned African. Because oh wow! That experience, that experience that you you went through, many many brothers and sisters that has gone that have gone to Africa and returned, yeah, were faced That's with that. Right. Also, That's a right. lot of brothers and sisters that hadn't gone to Africa, they still had the Tarzan mindset. Uh, mm-hmm. They think uh, Africans are still running around and. Uh, you have the white <laughs> European swinging trees helping the African. Yeah. That's so right. it, 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 it's actually a great get... skill to swing from trees, don't you think so? Oh, <laughs> tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> don't about Let me end here. We we we, we'll continue. One more, we'll one, continue. One more, if we can, if we can, hmm. we get those assays and we put all of those assays in a book. Yes, and it's we published need to do by that. Zombie mm-hmm. Blog Talk Radio. And so, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Yona, start writing it. Um, sister from, who went to Senegal and returned, start writing it. And, and Yona, mm-hmm. if you can, <laughs> uh, contact the other brothers and sisters that want to write. And then yes. we can begin yes. writing writing our uh-huh. history, our experiences. And we can publish yeah. it. We're, we can get together with Sister Sherry. On how to yeah. publish that book. Okay, Doctor Pat, we need to end here. Everybody, thank <laughs> you, thank you, Sherry, thank you, Yona Namunji. We thanks, are the ambassadors. Thanks for going. Of this. Thanks for attending, yeah. Yona. Thanks and for when attending. people you say, when people life. say, why do you guys do this every day? It's because when Yona comes back from an event like this and he says there is hope, Roger, I'll continue doing this for the next ten years. Let's call back in. 